What's up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 88-9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Fresh look. Whatever. And Eric Fry. Every time you say Bielema, I think of Brad Bielema. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in uh, to another edition, to another day of the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. What's happening out there on this uh, manic Monday? Here it's uh, February 6th, uh, 2023. What's good out there, everybody? Uh, Welcome in to uh, the uh, starting lineup. We kick off a Super Bowl week here on the uh, starting lineup. And, of course, we got a good show uh, lineup for you, as always. Coming up, we got all the uh, news and uh, notes from uh, this past weekend. We got some local sports to uh, hit up on on Friday and uh, Saturday. And we'll take a look at action for tonight. A uh, stacked lineup of high school girls basketball. A couple of big games out there winding down the uh, regular season. Hey, speaking of the regular season winding down, we found out of those uh, tournament brackets. We saw those postseason seeds come out. And then on a Friday afternoon, a late afternoon, uh, too early evening, the uh, schedules and the uh, brackets came out for the girls' postseason. And they start uh, this upcoming weekend. So we'll take a look at those as well since we're uh, fresh off the presses there. And the first time that we can uh, talk to you about them. And also it's the post-weekend. So we got uh, the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend as well. And also uh, coming up in uh, the uh, podcast. We got uh, other stuff to uh, hit up on. We probably talk about the uh, Pro Bowl. We'll talk about uh, the N- NBA from uh, over the weekend. Uh, college basketball. We'll have to talk about the uh, Illinois game at some point. Uh, both the stuff that happened on the court and uh, people coming down on the two of the uh, court. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll encompass it all. We'll might have hit up on the Pro Bowl as well. And we'll have to talk about some NASCAR as well. Uh, the uh, Clash was last night and what's happening everybody this is a Travis Sparks and I'm live in studio but live on location is Eric Fry and he's not in the studio with me but he is on the show with me so how's it going for you today Eric not bad Travis how you doing you know I'm not too bad here on this uh, Monday it definitely feels like a Monday but hey we are here rocking and rolling and we're talking sports so that's a good thing so we could be doing a lot worse. Exactly. No complaints uh, over here. Here, So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get things started and uh, let's hit it up and let's hit it up with First Things First. Before we get into the show.
first things first. And hey, we're starting off in the NBA because uh, something uh, very uh, significant happened over the weekend, and that was a uh, trade, as it was a uh, bombshell trade after I didn't think that the uh, Brooklyn Nets were going to move on uh, from uh, Kyrie, but that's exactly uh, what they uh, did, I guess. Uh, the moment was right, and the deal was uh, just right for uh, them to uh, make it as uh, Kyrie gone from Brooklyn as it looks like he is being traded to the Dallas Mavericks to join up with Luka there in Dallas. So that's an absolutely humongous trade that happened over the weekend. I think this has happened on Sunday is when it came out as I see on my screen Woj talking about the trade halftime of the game between Philadelphia and New York. So absolutely humongous trade going down in the NBA with a superstar of uh, Kyrie Irving uh, joining up with Luca there in Dallas. Yeah, it's a huge trade, Travis. You know, if, if as you know, I think I've mentioned, if I haven't, I'll mention it here. If Kyrie can just stay on the court and play basketball, he is a top 10, top 15 player in the league, mm-hmm. without a doubt. It's all the extra baggage that comes with him that you have yes. to take in. But the Mavs are desperate to get a second for Luca, they tried Christoph Porzingis. That didn't work. So now they're going to go with Kyrie, especially with the uncertainty of Luca being injured. I think it's a move that, you know, Dallas felt they had to make. I know there were a lot of other teams in on Kyrie, but Dallas felt they needed to make this move. And now the interesting question to me, Travis, is what does the future hold for Kevin Durant? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's uh, very long for uh, for him in uh, Brooklyn anymore. I mean, he did come up and he didn't want to play in Brooklyn, and it's kind of like a package deal with uh, him and uh, Kyrie. And uh, now uh, Kyrie's uh, gone, left him high and dry, basically with everything, uh, his antics that's happened off the court and whatnot, just uh, – Came just uh, too much of a distraction uh, there in uh, Brooklyn for all the wrong reasons uh, there. And it was a disaster of a big three that they were trying to combine with uh, him, KD, and James Harden. And uh, it was just uh, after all this, only one playoff series is uh, what they won. And uh, so just an absolute disaster uh, there in uh, Brooklyn in the KD era. So uh, I would expect maybe, I don't know what KD's contract situation is, but uh, he's kind of left high and dry there with really nobody around him. Well, and the other thing is, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't feel sympathy for Kevin Durant. I'm going to no. feel a little bit here, and the only reason for that is because he defended Kyrie. He never he did, said yeah. anything bad. When everything was going on, he always defended him. Mm-hmm. And now he's just, see you later. Like, he requested this on Thursday, Friday, that he wanted to be traded. And here we are, not even through the weekend, and he's gone. And the haul you're getting back isn't, to me, isn't particularly great. But uh, I, I guess Durant really wanted to play with Spencer Dinwiddie. Now my question is, Travis, if you're the Nets, do you go in complete rebuild mode? And is Kevin Durant on the block? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, KD is uh, on the table at all, but you definitely have to look at it and look at the roster that they have now. And it's like, well, this is not what we thought we were going to have f- no. <laughs> a few years ago. Really. We thought we were going to have something uh, here, but uh, maybe you have to look towards the, that direction. And I don't think 
I don't know. I don't think KD would want to stick around too much longer. And yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. After uh, not very many people were in the corner of uh, Kyrie, uh, one of those people was a KD and defending him at every turn. And he had really sometimes he had no reason uh, to defend him, but he did anyways yep. to try to make this work. And uh, yeah, Kyrie kind of takes the the easy way out. And I think it was either on Friday immediately after we got off the air of the podcast. Of course, naturally. Uh, stuff would uh, break uh, when, when that happens. But uh, I told you that uh, Kyrie demanded a trade and then, you know, boom, it happens on Sunday. So uh, the action really kind of happened fast there. And uh, you're right. Speaking of the people that the uh, Mavericks are are sending to uh, the Nets, uh, Finney Smith as well with Spencer Dinwiddie and some draft picks, unprotected 2029 first round pick, a second round picks in 2027 and in 2029 to the Nets in exchange also for Irving and Markeith Morris as well, yeah. according yeah. to uh, some sources. So I didn't even know that Markeith was added into that but uh there you go some draft picks saying uh, spencer did is uh one of the the big assets that the nets are acquiring here with uh shipping off Kyrie there and the the big thing to me is you know according to reports irving requested a trade after talks on a contract extension broke down mm-hmm. that's what is being reported on so again i have to wonder if durant is going to be around because if I'm the Nets, yes, I got three picks. But as you said, 2027 is the earliest. That's four years from now. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I I don't think Durant is going to carry this team that they have assembled right now to a championship anytime soon. No. So they're either going to gear up for the offseason and try and get some free agents, which has not worked in the past for the Nets. Or maybe it's time to do a complete rebuild. I, I, I think it's the ball's, you know, pardon the pun, but the ball's in Kevin Durant's court. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if he goes to them and says, I don't want to stick around for a full rebuild, I think they'll find a way to get rid of him by Thursday. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be done by by Thursday. I don't really see that happening, but I guess uh, you know a lot of things happened fast with this uh, Kyrie deal. But I, I don't really see it happening by by the deadline, unfortunately for KD. I think well, this, I think he's just gonna this, have to play this one out. This is 19 hours ago. Suns are prepared to go after Durant, Durant if he is available. Mm. So. Obviously, there are some people who feel that if the Nets are wanting to blow this whole thing up and start over, that Durant will be available at the trade deadline. Ah, oh, man, that would be uh, that would be crazy. But what about this uh, from a Dallas perspective of uh, acquiring a, a guy like Kyrie's caliber, pairing him up with uh, Luca? That's got to set them try to set them apart in the West for sure. Absolutely, and you know I, we keep saying that. Um, you know, that Luca needs a two. You know, he needs someone to help him carry the load because he, he can't carry this team by himself through the postseason through the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I think, again, if Kyrie is healthy and if he's there to play basketball, he is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. If he's there to play basketball with the right mindset, uh, for sure. One of the things that I worry about, though, is that Kyrie's kind of ball dominant, and Luca is one of the most ball dominant players as yeah. well. And so at the end of the game, I guess you have 
from one perspective, you have two options you can go to. Kyrie's hit big shots in his career, including that one that won the championship for Cleveland against Golden State. And uh, Luka would obviously want his hands as well. So you got two guys that need the ball in their hands, but you only have one ball uh, there to uh, speak of. But I guess that's a double-edged sword there. And what else I find interesting, Travis, I think we've talked about this before, is that the the draft picks from Dallas are very significant. I know they're four years away, but those are after Luca's contract is up with the Mavs. Mm-hmm. So if the Mavs can't re-sign Luca, they may be a very bad team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so that's fair. That's something to mind. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think uh, one thing that's uh, funny after this uh, deal w- was done, uh, the reports came out that the Lakers and Nets discussed possibly uh, trading for Kyrie on Friday yep. and Saturday. But ultimately, uh, the uh, Mavericks package gave the Nets a better chance, uh, say, on ESPN to surround KD with players now. And uh, as the opportunity, as well as the opportunity to acquire three uh, draft picks as well. And then, uh, you know, the one guy that plays for the Lakers, Mr. LeBron James, uh, tweets out a uh, tweet that says, maybe it's me. Uh, maybe I'm the re- <laughs> implying that maybe I'm the reason why we didn't go go after Kyrie or something. But uh, of course, uh, even in Kyrie's uh, deal, LeBron has to make it about me, him. <laughs> well, of course. And here's the other thing that I find interesting, Travis. Well, first of all, yes, the reports the Lakers were in, but that the Nets did not want Russell Westbrook, who can blame them, yeah. and the like didn't want to throw anything else in there, so that's where those talks stop. But to me, the interesting thing is if if the Durant thing happens and somehow, some way, he requests and is given a trade by the end of the trade deadline, which is Thursday, mm-hmm. how mad does that make LeBron? Because all of the attention for this week was supposed to be on him getting that scoring record. Right, exactly. And now it's elsewhere, and he's going to be so upset about it, especially if KD goes to, you know, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, all these other teams that are going to be out in the West that are going to keep L.A. out of the playoffs. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's definitely uh, something that I didn't uh, think about uh, there. And uh, Kyrie is expected to arrive uh, today in Dallas, and he's expected uh, to uh, try for the physical today. So I guess, you know, everything that we know with him, with Major League Baseball deals, you have to pass that physical uh, first. But uh, I don't see anything foreseen coming up there. But uh, he's also planning on making uh, to travel with uh, the Mavs and, and expected to make his debut there in L.A. against the Clippers on a Wednesday, and that game so happens to be on ESPN. Uh, lucky, one, lucky for them. One last thing I want to point out when it comes to Kevin Durant. Travis, it, as much as I'm sure a superstar player wants to play on a winning team, we know this, this is a perfect time for Durant to shut down all of the talk about him if he stays. Mm-hmm. If he stays, and this whole mess he created with the Nets, bringing in James Harden and bringing in DeAndre Jordan for a year and bringing in Kyrie, it's all it's all Durant's fault. He wanted all these things to happen. Now, if he sticks around through this kind of downtime and says, all right, I'm putting the team on my back, let's build a championship around me, let's make this work, 
then I think that will quell a lot of the talk of, oh, he just wants to be the, the third guy on a championship team that was already there. He just wants to tag along with someone else. If he stays in Brooklyn and makes it work by himself. Right, yeah, that would definitely uh, help his cause uh, for sure in that aspect. But uh, somehow this uh, Nets thing kind of fell apart. It wasn't really completely uh, on him uh, there. So uh, Yeah, but do what you were getting when you got these players that Durant wanted. Mm, I mean, did you did we really know that Kyrie was this kind of going to be this much of a problem? He was a problem in Boston at the end of his tenure there. Yeah, he, he kind of was, but I, I felt like some people thought that that may have been just like, oh, you know, he just didn't like or didn't get along with Boston uh, very much, or didn't get all away with, or didn't get along with Boston fans or, or whatnot. But um, uh, so it, there wasn't too much of uh, red flags uh, thrown up at that point. I I don't think, but maybe I I don't really remember it too much that far away from uh, Kyrie's tenure there. I, I didn't, I do know that it ended kind of badly uh, right. there from, from that aspect, but uh, Kyrie, maybe he's the problem, you know, uh, goes off of Cleveland, goes off Boston now and now off of Brooklyn. So maybe, uh, yeah, good luck with uh, Luca and and the Mavs. Good luck with uh, with all that, and uh, we'll see how far that takes them there. Ultimately, that's what they want is postseason success for him and Luca there. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, keep on this basketball trend and uh, let's keep it going uh, with some uh, local sports that happen on a Friday and a Saturday. And get you set for the schedule for today. A couple of stacked matchups out there in girls basketball tonight. So uh, let's take a look at that coming up next we'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game we need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment imagine the possibilities with the top list state bank this is alex walk if you are buying a home see us to get pre-qualified when you're pre-qualified the seller knows that you mean business and that can save you thousands If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with construction loan customized just for you. Ask around and talk with your friends, and you'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank and Teutopolis Sigel in Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. You've created a comfortable home office. Now let Carrier provide the cash bonus. For a limited time, you can claim up to $1,750 in cool cash rebates on qualified Carrier home comfort systems. There's never been a better time to upgrade your year-round premium comfort and energy savings. Carrier, turn to the experts. Call Probster for duration at 217-342-6441 or stop by 318 West Jefferson Avenue in Effingham. Weddings, business meetings, family parties, and church events have kept Niemer's catering team busy this past year. So busy, in fact, that we've hired Blake Tegler as our new catering manager. Blake has been working part-time on our catering team for over 10 years, but now steps in full-time to manage our catering department. He'll be happy to discuss catering with you on the phone or via email, and then he will potentially come and handle your event on your big day. Call Blake for all your Niemer's catering needs today. So delicious, always special, Niemer's Steakhouse. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Oh, want better visibility to get you through the winter? A new pair of premium wipers can help. Right now, you can earn a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair of Rain-X Quantum Wiper Blades. 
See better and stay safe on the road all winter long. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. It's the final days to save big store-wide at the Truckload Event at Lowe's. Right now, get deals on select major appliances and take home what you buy same day. And save an additional 10% on all in-store clearance appliances. Plus, get savings on even more items across the store, like up to 40% off select bathroom products. Hurry and head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. Exclusions apply. While supplies last, selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Valid 126 through 28. Why do challenge flags only exist in football? Think how useful they'd be in real life. Like when you're positive it's not your turn to walk the dog. Challenge flag. The neighbor's kid says it wasn't their ball that dented your car door. Challenge flag. Your friend paid you back, but you definitely don't remember that. Boom. Challenge flag. Imagine settling a disagreement with an instant replay. Why isn't the world like that? I guess it's because it's technically impossible. But it's nice to dream about. You know one thing no one would ever challenge? Protecting your home and auto with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. This needs to go to Parkville by three. Joy to the holiday packages that keep coming at Jimenez Couriers. Coming your way, but the drop-off location is changing. She needs delivery drivers with the gift of punctuality. Anyone looking to pick up some overtime? Anyone? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Gary Brackett, the owner of the Stacked Pickle Sports Bar chain, has filed for bankruptcy protection. In the filing, all 10 of uh, Brackett's Stacked Pickle locations in Indiana and Ohio were forced to close after the pandemic. Brackett played for the Colts for his entire pro career from 2003 to 2011. He helped the team win Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Starting off with the stacked pickle. The stacked pickle. How about yes. that? I've not been there. And I can't. I, I can't go now. Have not heard of it. Yeah. I, mean, I guess well, we can't go now. Nope. You'll never find out no, about we'll it. You'll never know. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9, the game ESPN radio. Charles Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you. Thanks to the uh, starting lineup for uh, the uh, sponsors. McMahon meets Tingley Insurance Agency, Web Pools and Spas, Work Computer Repair, Topless State Bank. I to mentioned those people at the uh, start of the uh, show for coming along and uh, sponsoring uh, the uh, program. Let's talk about uh, some uh, local sports here on uh, the uh, show right now. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's just go down uh, through uh, the uh, bullet points here on uh, Friday. And uh, in high school boys basketball. Ball, uh, on a Friday night, uh, boy oh boy, I think that this was the uh, game of the year so far uh, for the Altamont Indians. As uh, you know, they had an impressive win to uh, start this win streak uh, that they were on when they beat uh, Casey there at their place. But then uh, the most impressive win was uh, on a Friday night, as this was a big time matchup with a potential postseason matchup possibly, uh, and the atmosphere sure felt like a 
postseason game on a Friday, and Altamai ended up uh, getting the comeback victory, and they won 53-49. to And this game was close at the very beginning in the first quarter. There was some multiple lead changes and ties in this one where we always thought it would be neck and neck with Nokomis and Altamont. But Nokomis came out, and they just got the two-point edge, 10-8. to after a one a quarter, and then uh, Nakomis early on, uh, particularly in the second quarter, they started to ramp up their defense. They play a little one-two-two zone uh, with uh, Coach Kimbrough's uh, style of coaching. Of course, uh, Coach DeWarf uh, played and uh, I think coached, but definitely played under uh, Coach Kimbrough there at Nakomis. But uh, implements kind of his style. And Reese Loman was just blocking shots left and right. He was like King Kong out there swatting away airplanes on top of the Empire State Building or something, but uh, Reese was uh, blocking shots. I think he had like four or five in the first half uh, alone, and uh, that uh, defense complied with some struggles by uh, Altamont's offense uh, to fill it up. Uh, they were down 21-10 to 10 at one point in the uh, first half, but uh, Altamont kind of battled back, but ultimately uh, Nakomis had the 27-19 lead at the half, and uh, Altamont kind of got back in it in the third. They only trailed by six after three quarters, but then in the fourth quarter, particularly late in the fourth quarter, about two or three under three to go well, really is when it really started to get good and probably one of the best sequences of the season uh, so far uh, for sure. Uh, Altamont was trailing 41 to uh, 37. Uh, Elijah Allman, who was uh, great all night, he uh, made a big three there to extend the lead. And then uh, Yarhouse answered with a three of his own. And then uh, a couple of possessions later, uh, Dwarf, he made a, a three-pointer to uh, give Nokomis the lead uh, by a seven. Uh, again, Eric Coleman had a big and one to uh, keep a minute, and they trailed 49-45 to 45 at that point. Uh, and uh, then uh, the Indians would uh, inch closer here. And uh, did I have this one? No, I did not pull up this high. Uh, highlight uh, from uh, Friday, but uh, Logan Cornett had an absolutely uh, huge uh, and one. They found uh, Logan cutting on the back door, and uh, that pulled Altamont within uh, two at that point, and then uh, Altamont thought that they had uh, tied the game on a steal and a layup by Elam, but uh, fortunately, the basket was uh, waved off as Elam was called uh, for uh, the uh, travel. And uh, so Altima would still trail 49-47. Uh, uh, Nakomis would have the uh, basketball, uh, but then uh, they would uh, miss a shot, and then this would happen. Almond now almost had it knocked away. Goes to the hole. No. Warman with the follow-up. It's also no good. And the rebound goes to Cornette. 54 seconds left. Hamer up to Elam over the corner. Going out for three. Yes! And Altamont takes the lead! 50 to 49! That's what I'm talking about! On the area has three! 40 seconds left! So there you go, uh, 40 seconds left. Avery hits the uh, biggest shot of the season uh, so far, and maybe one of the biggest shots of his uh, career. He's had some good moments this season, and uh, that one uh, none bigger than that one right there to put Altamont ahead. I don't think that Altamont led for less than 90 seconds for the whole entire game, but uh, Yarhouse hit the go-ahead three uh, there at that point, and then uh, Ahmed would miss an awkward three, and uh, Robinson and Yarhouse would both make some uh, uh, free throws down the stretch to uh, close 
close it out. Now Altamont pulls out an impressive win on the road, 53-49, and Altamont improves to 21-3 on the season. Yeah, good win for Altamont, you know, against, you know, you were wondering at into that game, Travis, this is going to be a, a test for Altamont, see where they're at. And, boy, they passed, but just barely. They kind of got a, a C in that in that game um, as far as competition goes that you're going to be facing as you get deeper and deeper into the playoffs. And I think that this was uh, good uh, for for them. They haven't faced a lot of adversity in a while in the sense of a close game, and especially in a hostile environment like this was. It definitely felt like it was uh, not only just a regional championship game, but it felt like a sectional uh, championship game there in uh, Nokomis. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it doesn't matter how long you lead in the game. It just matters that you lead after the most important uh, quarter, and that's exactly uh, what they did. Altima uh, fought through a little adversity in, in the game. Some uh, the foul situation w- was against them, and a couple of calls as well uh, went against them. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, nominate this one. We play a sound where uh, Eric uh, lost his mind, kind of on uh, Tri County. Uh, I think it was Tri County or Villa Grove. I think it was Villa Grove. The Hail Mary, and you go no. Well, this that this is what I'm going to play here is not quite up to that level, uh, but I this is what the first thing that I thought of after the game, and I was like, oh, I kind of sounded kind of sounded like Eric uh, at that point. But uh, here was uh, an out of bounds play uh, for for the game late in it uh, on Friday. Almond puts it up against two defenders. No, and it's going to be off of Nicomis. No, no, they're going to say it's off of Altamont. No, no, oh. not not quite to your uh, the the game winning touchdown thrown against you, but that's the first I, thing that I, came I, to my mind. Good. It was a nice subtle no, <laughs> no, and it really did look like it was off of Nick Holmes, uh there, but they said it was off of Altamont. But uh, hey, ultimately, uh, Yarhouse makes that three. He led all scores. He had eighteen. Uh, Dylan Elam. Also had uh, some big threes as well. He had 11 in the contest as well. And uh, Mason Robinson also uh, came back into the rotation off the bench and scored nine points and a couple of those uh, free throws to put the game away there at the very end. So uh, all in all, a good win uh, for uh, the Indians. We'll see uh, if uh, we'll see if they're already uh, where they are in uh, the rankings uh, later on after uh, this one uh, game coming up uh, tomorrow night will be a rematch of the first round of the NTC tournament for Altamont as uh, they'll be going up against Nioga there tomorrow evening in Nioga. And uh, Nokomis falls to 22-6 and on the season. That wasn't the only thing that happened on uh, Friday, of course, saying uh, you were there in uh, Cumberland and uh, the Pirates, uh, they defeated uh, Tri-County by the score of 50-32. to Yeah, it was, it was in Tri-County. Right. And... Uh, boy, I, I think the Pirates got to get off the bus uh, to start this game. Uh, a low-scoring affair between these two teams, Travis. Not when you look at the first quarter, and now when you look at the final score. But that in between, it was just it was just slow picking. As Tri County came out, and got to a sixteen to thirteen lead after the first quarter, and Cumberland never led. And you're like, uh oh, Pirates are in trouble here uh, against this Tri County team. It was homecoming night there uh, in in, in Tri County, and then. Cumberland would outscore uh, Tri County in the second quarter, six to four. So Tri County still led twenty to nineteen at the half. Travis, that's not a usual halftime score. 
No. And you can't even say, oh, it was Cumberland's lack of rebounding. Nope, both teams had 13 rebounds. Oh, too many turnovers for the Pirates. Nope, each team only had four turnovers. So it's not like it was that. It was just, unfortunately, in that first half, Cumberland was 7-22 of from the field. But then they got it going. Third quarter, they finally outscored Tri-County, took the 33-28 lead in the third, and then pulled away in the fourth, winning 50-32 to as their shooting came back. And they had three scorers in double figures, led by Jackson Bolt, who had 13. McGee had 12. Hendricks had 11. And then Max McElroy had eight. So it was very important, I think, going forward. As I said before, if this Cumberland team can get healthy, which they're starting to get there, and can find their chemistry hosting a regional, they may be very dangerous in that regional. Yeah, definitely, uh, for sure. And uh, that's right, it was a road game. Uh, there against the uh, Titans, so you know they overcame the uh, the emotion uh, there for the uh, Titans, and uh, Cumberland has been uh, putting it uh, together, putting the nice performances back to back here to uh, close out the uh, regular season uh, for sure. And now they're above 500 now, 13 and 12 on the season. Yep, one game above 500, so that's definitely again where they wanted to be. I mean. I am sure coach wasn't happy it took this long to get there, sure. but now you're there. At least now you are above 500 uh, once again. So that's where the pirates are right now. And again, I think if you're having four guys on a nightly basis, Travis getting double figures, you're going to beat a lot of teams at the one a level, maybe not an Altamont, you know, those, those upper tier teams, but I think you'll beat some of the teams you may have lost to earlier this year. Right, for for sure, always a recipe for success to have that many uh, people in uh, double figures uh, there. So uh, Cumberland picked up the win on uh, Friday. Other teams picking up wins on uh, Friday in a uh, rivalry matchup. It was Tatopoulos over St. Anthony, 49-38. to uh, uh, St. Anthony had the one-point lead after one quarter, but then uh, T-Town has a strong second quarter, and they end up taking the lead at halftime, 18-16, to and they also had the 32-29 lead after three three and put him away in the fourth quarter. Uh, James Niebuhr, he led the way for the shoes. He had 19 a seamer. He had 14 and only one player in double figures for St. Anthony. That was Colin Westendorf. He had a 19 there. So on a Friday, Tatopoulos picks up a win. They were 18 and seven at that point. And they had another game on Saturday uh, that we'll talk about in uh, St. Anthony. They fall to a uh, 17 and 10 on the season. It was North Clay over Dietrich at 67 to uh, 54. It actually was tied at 17 after one quarter, but then a big second quarter for North Clay. They take a nine-point lead at halftime, 39-30, and then they led 56 to 42 after three quarters. Uh, two players in double figures for Dietrich. Uh, both Wessendorf and Gephardt scored 16 points. Uh, Fleener, he had 23. Uh, Booz, he had 15. And Zimdars had 14 for uh, the uh, Cardinals. So uh, they also had a game on a Saturday. And uh, most importantly, they're in the NTC. They're 5-2. and two, And Dietrich now is at 512-12. And, and they're 3-5 and five in the NTC. It was Newton over Marshall, 62-47, and Marshall actually had a good first quarter. They led 18-11 after one, but then Newton, 24-7. They outscored him there in the second quarter to take a 10-point lead for the Eagles into halftime, 35-25. Two 20-point scorers for the Eagles. Gear had 24, and Nichols had a 21. And so Newton now 17-9 and 
on the uh, season, and I believe they're th only three and two in the LIC. There, it was a uh, South Central over St. Elmo, a 42 to 31, in a low-scoring defensive battle. South Central led after one, and a 15 to eight after one, and then both teams scored four points apiece in the second quarter. So it was 19 to 12. At the half end, South Central would do just enough in the second half to uh, beat SEB. And uh, some stats I thought SEB, they won the offensive rebounding battle, but uh, they were only 4 for 24 from beyond the arc. And uh, South Central shot 53% from the field to pick up the dub. Uh, Dotson, he had 21 to lead the way for the Cougars. Campbell, he had 14. And uh, South Central now 18-8. and eight. And uh, SEB, it drops to a 16-8 and eight on the season. It was a Windsor's two straws over Morbury Grove, 59-27. to 27. Now Windsor, 19-8 and eight on the season. It was Paris over Robinson on Friday, 65-57. to 57. Mount Carmel over Casey, that's right, aces over uh, the Warriors, 63-38. to 38. And Lawrenceville over only 57 to 46 on a Friday as well. In a girls basketball, uh, the game before the uh, boys varsity game for Altamont and Nokomis, it was Nokomis defeating Altamont at 76 to 46. This uh, final score was not indicative of how close the first half was. Uh, it was tight at one after one, 16 to 16. And then also Altima kept it close in the second quarter as well. It was tight at 31 at halftime. Uh, Nicomas, two of their better players were in uh, foul trouble. Uh, Natalie Engelman and Audrey Siebel or Sable. Uh, those two girls are two fouls apiece. I think, uh, end up picking up three fouls uh, there. So it was kind of offense, defense, in and out. Uh, Sable could never put it any rhythm uh, at all. Uh, but uh, rhythm, that's what uh, Skyly Klein, uh, she had 16 uh, points in the uh, first half, including 13 in the first quarter alone as uh, she had uh, four three-pointers there in the first half as well. And unfortunately, that's all she would finish up the game with as Nokomis would come out and they would take control there and kind of play more freely uh, with the foul situation. They didn't really have to worry about it with the second half. They were just like, all right, if we foul out, we foul out. Uh, Nokomis outscored them 24-9 to in the, the uh, third quarter to take control of the game, and they would finish them off in the fourth quarter as well. They would outscore Altamont 45-15 to in the uh, second half uh, there to come away with the win. Uh, but Nokomis, great squad, 25-4 and on the season they improved to. So uh, Altamont really hung with them for a half there, uh, but unfortunately uh, faltered in the second half. Natalie Engelman, seven three-pointers in the game, and uh, she would finish with 21 uh, points on the night. Uh, Sable, she would have 13 on the night as well. Uh, Sneedon and uh, Haley Engelman also in double figures as well. So uh, four starters right there are in double figures uh, for the Redskins, pulling out the win by uh, 30. Uh, it was Lincoln over Effingham, uh, 78-27 in girls basketball. So uh, Lincoln, 28-0 on the season and 10-0 in the Apollo. Lincoln jumped out to the 19-4 lead after one and 41-8. They had the lead at halftime and then a big third quarter there as well after three. Uh, Froby, uh, she had uh, 31 points. Uh, Bowman had 14 and only one double-figure score for Effingham, 10 points for Martin and FEM falls to 18 and 10, 5 and 6 
as well in the Apollo. It was Mount Zion over Mattoon, a 53-40. So Mount Zion picks up a win at number 20, and they're 20-8 on the season. It was uh, also on a Friday, I believe this one was. It was Bloomington Central Catholic over Topless, 48-37. to uh, 37 there and Niebuhr led the way for the shoes so only fourth loss of the season for T-Town they're 24 and 4 on the year on a Saturday it was Muhammad over Effingham 61 of 44 it was North Clay over Patoka 79 of 44 big first quarter for both teams North Clay had the lead 26-20 after one uh, but then only nine points for Patoka in the second but still a 20 plus point performance for North Clay. They led by 20, 49 at 29, and then a big third quarter by North Clay as well. Uh, Booz led the way. He had 26. Uh, Fleener, he had 20. Smith had 14, and Zimdars had 10 for the uh, victorious Cardinals. And uh, South Central also picked up a win on Saturday. They defeated Weber Township 56-52. to and uh, Weber actually had a fourth-quarter comeback to make it a close four-point game. Uh, Dotson, he led the way. He had 21. Uh, Watwood had a 14 uh, for South Central. So now they're 19-8 and eight on uh, the uh, season. And it was Tatopoulos over Robinson on Saturday, 73-41. So Tatopoulos now 19-7 and seven on uh, the year. It was only over Harrisburg, 58-30. Lincoln over Charleston, 46-40. It was Carmine White County over Mount Carmel, 38-33. Ben over Lawrenceville, 65-54. And it was Paris over Chrisman, 63-25. And I believe that one was significant because they played that in the old gymnasium there at Paris uh, High School over Chrisman. Uh, so a cool little environment that they had going on there on Saturday. Also on Saturday in girls basketball was St. Anthony over North Clay, 59-36. St. Anthony now, uh, they are 23-5 and 8-0 and and in the uh, National Trail Conference. And uh, that would be good enough to uh, clinch the uh, uh, regular season title there in the NTCO for St. Anthony. So uh, congratulations there to uh, the uh, Bulldogs picking up the win over North Clay on Saturday, 19-8. They had the lead after one quarter, and then they had it 33-15 at the half. Uh, Ruhal had 14. Uh, Anna Faber had 13, and Vonderheide had 11. Ballard had 18 uh, for North Clay in the uh, loss there in the first game of the day, but then they would win the second game of the day over Wayne City, 55-27 to would a North Clay. And a CHBC also picked up the win over Flora on Saturday, 51-35. to CHBC led to 27-19 at the half, and they, they never looked back. Uh, Rodman had 17, Heckard had 16, and Wojcik had a 15 there in the win. Also in boys uh, basketball at the 1A state finals, it was Newton St. Thomas falling to Lincoln Way East, uh, 46 to uh, 24. In the 2A uh, finals at Macon Meridian High School, Dietrich, uh, they uh, picked up a, a pair of wins and uh, they defeated Aurora Christian in the first game, 46-42, and then South Fork, 47-45. So uh, now uh, they will play uh, the uh, state championship game against uh, Peoria, and uh, that will be on uh, February uh, 9th at uh, 7.30 uh, there. So that will be on Thursday. So good luck to uh, Dietrich in the uh, state championship game on Thursday. And it was the top of us falling in the uh, state finals there at El Paso Grinley High School, 30-16 to, uh, to uh, South Holland McKinley. 
there at the 3A level. Games going on uh, tonight in girls basketball. We got uh, Weber Township at Brownstown, uh, CHBC at Macon Meridian, Cumberland at, at Argenta, Robinson at North Clay. That's a good matchup. Shelbyville against Windsor's Two Straws, Newton at Oblong Powhut, Sullivan at Mount Zion, Olney at Centralia, Charleston at Decatur Eisenhower, Mattoon is at uh, Paris, and then uh, some uh, significant games on the schedule. Tatopolis travels to uh, Nioga. Take on the Indians. That's a great one. Tuscola at St. Anthony at the Inlow Center tonight. That's a great one. Tuscola still undefeated on the season. And then on our sister station over on Jack FM, a great Father McGivney squad coming into Altamont tonight as it's Father McGivney against Altamont uh, there. And that game will approximately start about around 715 uh, there. So uh, lots of great girls basketball on the schedule for tonight. Absolutely there is. I mean, I'm looking forward to being over there in Altamont for that big game against Father McGivney. Yeah, Father McGivney, like I said, they just uh, snuck in uh, to uh, the uh, polls on uh, the uh, season uh, last time out in 1A. Uh, let me pull up their record here. 26-3 and three they yeah. are overall. So a great squad there are the Griffins for Father McGivney. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, some uh, boys basketball sectionals uh, tonight in the championship. It's Carrollton St. John's against uh, Sacred Heart. It's uh, the Shiloh sectional championship. It's Champaign, the next generation against Mattoon St. John's. Casey sectional championship is Central A&M against St. Anthony. Paris Mayo sectional championship. It's the Topless against Cumberland. They're in a 3A at 8th grade level. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, step away and uh, let's uh, return. And uh, let's return talking some brackets as the girls' basketball uh, postseason brackets were revealed on uh, Friday. And uh, we'll take a look at a, a couple of those here, squeezing them into the show. And that's what we're talking about coming up next. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Andy's Health Mart Pharmacy is an independently owned Health Mart Pharmacy and is committed to the Effingham and surrounding communities. At Andy's, you'll experience a warm, caring, compassionate expert dedicated to your health. Their pharmacists have a personal commitment to you and our communities. Visit Andy's Health Mart Pharmacy today at 805 West Fayette in Effingham. Health Mart, taking the time to listen and care. 
And now, Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Colts reportedly believe they could get wide receiver Paris Campbell back from injury before season's end. Campbell underwent foot surgery after catching a touchdown in the Week 6 win over the Titan, te- 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 Texans and has been working to return since. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, and that's Eric Fry stumbling and bumbling through the you Sports know, Center read. What they, they need to get uh, similar teams that have the same name out of the same division: Titans, Titans, Texans? and Texans. Hmm. Both start with T's. Get them out of there. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Travis Sparks here with a Sports Center update. The Chicago Bulls overcame a 17-point second-half deficit to beat Portland 129-121 at the United Center on Saturday. The Bulls outscored the Blazers 33-17 in the third and led for all of the fourth. Zach Levine poured in 36 in the victory, and Demir DeRozan chipped in 27. Chicago is now in ninth place in the Eastern Conference at 25-27. They host San Antonio tonight. The Colts continue their search for a new head coach. Indianapolis is considering a third round of interviews with the remaining candidates. The finalists are Eagles offensive coordinator Steve Stretchen, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, Bengals offensive coordinator Brand Callahan, uh, Wink Martindale from uh, the Giants, also uh, some other coaches as well, including interim coach Jeff Saturday. Maybe also consider the coach for the AFC Pro Bowl team, Peyton Manning, as well. Uh, the Warriors are losing their star point guard for several weeks. ESPN reports Steph Curry is expected to be out through the All-Star break after suffering a left leg injury. Curry was injured on Saturday's win over the Dallas Mavericks. Aaron Rodgers is once again a champion. The Packers star quarterback hosted the Pebble Beach Program Trophy with partner Ben Silverman on Sunday. The duo finished the tournament 26 par and be the tandem of Peter Martinelli and Don Coleman by one stroke and Conor McGregor is returning to the UFC. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here. Travis Sparks handling the uh, sports on reads today. Eric Fry is with me. He's with me remotely today. So um, B, B minus for me today I think on the sports on read. Um, all right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about the uh, thing that we were going to get to today, and we will dive definitely more into this some more deeply here because uh, we're kind of up against the uh, clock at this point. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at uh, the uh, brackets for the girls' basketball uh, postseason and uh, the Casey sectional. That's where we have a lot of uh, teams uh, participating there. Uh, games on Saturday, you got uh, uh, Windsor's Two Straws against uh, Casey in uh, Stu Straws there, the 9 versus 11 on Saturday at 1. The winner of that will face off against Nioga in the regional semifinals. The 4 seed, uh, Count Herrick, uh, Beecher City will take on the 13 seed, Martinsville, at 2 o'clock in Cowden. Uh, Cumberland against the uh, 12 seed, uh, Ramsey in Cumberland on Saturday. And it's uh, Oka Valley against uh, Macon Meridian, the eight versus nine there. Winner of that one will take on the uh, number two seed, uh, Tri-County, in the Arcola Regional. And that game will be on next Monday. And uh, Central A&M will take on Heritage, the six versus 11. Winner will take on the three seed, Arcola, 
also next Monday at 7.30. Uh, number one seed in the uh, South Fork Regional is Tuscola, and uh, they're going to take on the winner of Georgetown Ridge Farm and Chrisman coming up on Saturday is when those two will square off. And also uh, South Fork, the four seed, will be hosting uh, Armstrong or Danville Schlarman there in uh, their regional next Monday. And we also have the North Clay Regional there in Louisville. The two-seed St. Anthony will uh, ho- will play either the six-seed South Central or the seven-seed Dietrich. That game will be at 6 o'clock on a Saturday in Farina. And then also it'll be the five-seed North Clay taking on the 10-seed Altamont. And that game will be at 7 o'clock there in Louisville. So... Another rematch there with North Clay and Altamont a third time this season that these two teams are facing off a rubber match there in the 5 versus 10. Winner will take on the 3 seed of Brownstown there in North Clay next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. So uh, that's a quick look at the KZ sectional and we'll take a look, as I said, more in depth as we go along closer Later on in uh, to uh, the uh, week when we have a little bit more time to uh, dive deeper into them. Let's take a look uh, quickly at where uh, Tatopoulos is in at 2A. Uh, they're in the uh, Pena sectional and they drew the number one seed. And uh, they uh, drew the Carmine White County regional uh, there. And uh, they'll either face Carmine White County or uh, the 11th seed uh, Powell Hut. There and those games will be in Carmine White County on Saturday, and then Topples will face the winner on Monday. Also in that same region as the four seed Fairfield, they'll take on the winner of the five seed Mount Carmel or the twelve seed Lawrenceville in a little a little Illini conference matchup to begin the uh, Pena sectional. Also a uh, Pena there at the Warrensburg Latham Regional, they'll take on Maroa or Clinton. And uh, Paris, they drew the number one seed, and uh, they're in the Paris Regional, and uh, they'll take on either Sullivan or Shelbyville uh, there. And uh, quickly, the uh, uh, FEM Hearts, where are they? They are in uh, the Centralia sectional, and uh, they drew the two seed, and they'll take on uh, Charleston, the nine seed there in Mattoon uh, next Monday to begin their postseason. But uh, that's a quick look at the uh, brackets. But right now we got to close things down and we got to take a look at the top three moments from the uh, sports weekend. And that's coming up next to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. You're going to feel a puff of air. Jong's Optometry has set their sights on staffing up. Try the next line. Hey, Kim, can you tell our 2 o'clock we're running 15 behind? Sorry, we're a bit backed up today. He needs an optometric technician to keep an eye on it all. Where are the dilation drops? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. And now, this outpouring of love for 
Tom Brady is what we are beginning with today. Everyone showering this man with love and goatness. How about it? The starting lineup. Almost every single one of Brady's Super Bowls has been clouded with controversy, and that seems what people are forgetting. And let's not forget that so a couple Super Bowls were gifted to him. The tuck rule, the... You can't the blame him for the referee stuff. You can't blame referee. him, but he benefited from it. Okay, everyone gets a call. They benefited from it last night as well. Which which rule? Which which one of those penalties? Whenever the Chiefs are holding... That was so ticky-tacky. Come on. So it's many a holding. Super Bowl. Let them play. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in here to the uh, starting lineup. That's right. Kickoff Super Bowl coverage this week. It's officially a Super Bowl week. All right, we got to close things down with the uh, top three moments from the uh, sports weekend. We're up against it, so let's go. And now it's time for the top three. Top three moments from the uh, sports weekend, and my number three is Peyton Manning being very upset. After losing in the uh, Pro Bowl, hey, who says don't take the Pro Bowl too seriously? Tell that to Peyton Manning. Wasn't too happy at losing the uh, Pro Bowl games there on uh, Sunday. So that was just funny, him arguing the rules of flag football there. Uh, my number three is uh, Ovi Jr. at the All-Star Skills Challenge. Came up with his dad and did the kid. I thought it was a touching moment. Ooh, yeah, that was a pretty good one. Uh, my number two moment from the uh, sports weekend was just how petty Iowa was at the uh, game on Saturday, uh, writing on the board, on the blackboard, orange crushed at the end of the game, and then also uh, coming out and bringing out those less than 200 kids of the Boys and Girls Club from Cedar Rapids out on midcourt and have them getting a standing ovation uh, there, how petty Iowa was on Saturday. Yeah, my number two is sticking with the Big Ten and how, once again, the Big Ten cannibalizes itself by destroying each other. Yeah, uh, Indiana beating Purdue. Yeah, also Northwestern beating Wisconsin. Ah, gotcha. And then uh, my number one moment from the uh, sports weekend was uh, on a Friday. It was Altamont's comeback against Nakomis. Definitely one of the better games that I've been involved with for quite a while. And Altamont coming away with the win on a Friday was uh, super cool to be a part of. My number one is just that NASCAR is back. That's it. And tempers were flaring at the Coliseum. And NASCAR is back. All right, so we'll definitely uh, talk more about the uh, clash uh, coming up in the uh, podcast as well. So, and we'll definitely uh, dive into the Illini game as well. Only touched on it a little bit there in the top three, but that's uh, coming up in the uh, pod, and we'll take a look at what happened in college basketball as well. And we're continuing the countdown, right? Today we can't we can't miss uh, some moments, right? So you're gonna have some uh, more moments yep. for us in the pod as well. Yep. yep. All right, very good. So uh, we'll uh, get to that in uh, the uh, pod. So catch us over there. Uh, but coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Fitz and Harry. So enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
Welcome in, welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Welcome to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. It's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here on location. And uh, coming up here in the uh, pod, we get into uh, the NBA. Might hit up a little bit on the uh, NHL All-Star Game college basketball from over the weekend, including that Illini basketball game. And we'll get to uh, the Clash as well. And uh, Eric's... Still got more five moments counting down to Daytona. And he's got five more on his top 75 countdown for NASCAR coming up here in just a second. But first, I think we got to everything in uh, Sports Center. I didn't get to uh, read everything about Conor McGregor. Uh, Conor McGregor officially returning into the UFC. Uh, former uh, featherweight and light heavyweight champion will serve as a coach in the new season of The Ultimate Fighter. Had no idea it was still going on. Me neither. Uh, man, the Ultimate Fire used to be a huge thing, but eh, not quite anymore. But he's going to be a coach with uh, Michael Chandler. UFC President Dana White announced over the weekend that after the season concludes, McGregor and Chandler will fight. However, no date or location was given. McGregor last fought in July of 2021 when he broke his left leg in the first round. And the 31st season, 31st season of The Ultimate Fighter. Wow, will run from May 30th to August 15th. 31 seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. I think I was only in tune for about 10 of those. Yeah, I think I was about five. Oh, man. Uh, 31 seasons, though. It's had a nice run. Yeah, that's a lot. All right. uh, So uh, that was uh, it uh, from uh, SportsCenter. College basketball from uh, over the uh, weekend, uh, like Eric mentioned in his uh, top five or his top three. uh, Indiana taking down the number one team in the country. People be quiet about uh, Indiana rushing the court. Yes, they might be considered. I don't know if you consider them a blue blood or whatnot. Or they're ranked 21 in the country. They just beat their rival, in-state rival, and the number one team in the country. It's all right. It's college. These kids are supposed to have fun. Uh, I'll make fun of Indiana all day, but not for this, as uh, they rush the floor after beating uh, the Boilermakers 79-74. to You got to do it after you take down the number one team in the country, no matter – I mean, maybe Maybe if you're like the number two team in the country, maybe that's not okay. But uh, it's all right. It's college. Let them have some fun. I agree. I agree. I don't have a problem with it. And I didn't really see it being too loud. Uh, Dickie V was on the call in uh, this huh. one there. So I'm sure he probably brought it up too. But I, I wasn't listening to the end of the broadcast. Uh, Zach Eady, uh, 33 points, 18 boards. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, he had five blocks and 25 points in the dub before Indiana. And uh, then the game on uh, Saturday for the uh, Fighting Illini, Tony Perkins. Who? Tony Perkins beats the Illini as a career-high 32 points. He'll let this guy be uh, uh, 25 of those in the second half. And uh, Iowa ends up scratching away a win and uh, – Fouls were a big issue here in uh, this one, and uh, Iowa ends up going on to win 81-79 there. Yeah, I just don't want to talk about it. 18 for 23 Illinois was, but Iowa was 26 of 30 from the free throw line. 26 of 30. 
Yep, we're letting people get to the foul line way too often. Well, it was them, but it was also the officiating as well. It's some of the things that you really can't stand as a coach and that you can't stand in general of at one point and one half it's a foul in the next half it's not or or in one possession down the floor it's something is called like on the very end of that last sec sequence i think it was coleman hawkins he was fouled but no foul was called and then on the inbounds pass iowa the guy travels in the corner as he was getting trapped but no travel uh was called and uh, so it was just a, a bad look for uh, the officiating uh, crew once again. And, you know, I know this is not anything new for the Illini to cry over spilled milk and cry over officiating, but um, it, it, it was definitely a problem uh, on Saturday, I'd say. I'll take your word for it. Didn't see a moment of it. <laughs> All right. I, I saw about it on social media and everyone complaining about the officials and I'm just I'm tired of hearing it. Like I'm just I'm tired of hearing it. It's like yes, you you have to play through it and I understand that and whatnot. People who complain about the officials getting wrong calls are also the same ones who say, No, we don't want to have robotic officials who are making correct calls hundred percent of the time. That takes away from the personality of the game. You can't have it both ways here, people. You're human. Humans make mistakes. Well, you you won't hear me complaining about a robotic uh, officials. I I don't want that. And yes, the human element is a part of the game, but uh, the human element a part of the game. And don't be upset when we when we complain about it. So, um, <sighs> Epps taking that uh, last three as well. I know uh, Meyer was pretty much covered, and he probably should have been the one taking the final shot, even though Epps was really good. Your boy was good once again in the second half. He was yep. unconscious there in the uh, stretch that he had. He had 16 points, but uh, Meyer led the way. He had 21 in the game, four for six from beyond the arc. He was certainly uh, feeling there. Terrence Shannon Jr. had a tough day as well. I think there was another foul situation late in the game that he could have uh that should have been foul calling him or against him uh he had 11 points he was three for 10 from the field two for six from beyond the arc not very efficient at all there and uh rj melendez misses another three so that's the only only one he shot though uh he did make uh two free throws but uh it was uh it's an overall bad day there uh, at Carver Hawkeye uh, Arena there. And like I mentioned in my top three, they uh, paraded those Boys and Girls Club people from uh, uh, Cedar Rapids out there on the floor. They got one of the biggest ovations of the day, and uh, there was n- there was less than 200 kids there. So not even the, the 200, not even all of the 200 tickets that they uh, canceled on the crush uh, got used up. So... Good job, Iowa. Yeah, they got away with the win. Thumbs so. up, thumbs up for you. And uh, I bet you really felt great about yourself by putting that on the blackboard. Orange crushed. Ooh, you got us. We'll see what happens. I say, who walked away with the dub, Travis? It wasn't the Illini. Well, it was uh, Iowa and the officials who walked away uh, with the uh, win. I hope they feel great about the win on Saturday. Uh, and Illinois will be uh, back in action tomorrow at uh, 7.30 there in Champaign against Minnesota. 
once again, Illinois on the road can't get it done. Yeah, yeah, hey, I know, I know. Just out here spitting facts. I'm sorry. <laughs> the truth hurts sometimes. Yes. Yeah, so. I guess any uh, consolation, there is a ton of other teams tied at 7-5 and five in the Big Ten uh, this season. All those people clumped in there, Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and us all at 7-5 and five in the Big well, Ten. That's the problem, like I said, the Big Ten just destroys itself. Right. But uh, Purdue has a two-and-a-half game lead up on Rutgers now, who are in sole possession of second place. They're 8-4. and four. Uh, in the Big Ten this season as they picked up the win over Michigan State on Saturday, 61-55, to and that one was in MSG as well. So uh, sole possession for the Scarlet Knights in the Big Ten. How about that? Yeah, it's crazy to uh, think about there. And you also have Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern, Maryland, and Rutgers even. They're all tied to the same overall record, 16-7. and seven on the campaign so uh the Illini will try to uh, bounce back uh, in the champagne it's the golden gophers uh, tomorrow evening and you can hear that over on 98.9 let's talk about uh, some other games that happened uh, on a saturday as well as a loaded day they're in a top 25 action in college basketball it was uh tennessee uh, escaping auburn 46 to uh, 43 so tennessee bounces back after uh, losing earlier in the week is alabama over lsu 79 69 arizona over oregon state 84 to 52 virginia tech upsets number six virginia 74 68 it was Texas pulling it out against Kansas State, 69 to uh, 66. It was Iowa State beating Kansas, 68 to uh, 53. UCLA over Washington State, 76-52. Baylor all over Texas Tech, 89-62. It was uh, St. Mary's getting the win in OT. Zaga, 78 to uh, 70. And uh, I saw, I don't know if they completely rushed the court, but I saw a couple people trying to rush the court uh, there for St. Mary's when they beat Gonzaga. I don't think that's a big, big deal anymore. What, beating Gonzaga? Yeah. Yeah, Gonzaga's not good. <laughs> I knew you would agree. They play in a weak conference, and then they get they lose in their conference. They're not a good team. Hey, St. Mary's 10-0 and in uh, the uh, WCC. So, I mean, make them number one overall. Yeah. I bet they would get when they're undefeated. I bet they would get the number one uh, seed. Uh, St. Mary's twenty-one and four on the season this year. Uh, Marquette uh, they got the win over Butler, sixty to fifty-two. It was or Oklahoma State over TCU, seventy-nine seventy-three. Xavier over St. John's, ninety-six seventy-one. Uh, Florida Atlantic over Charlotte, sixty-seven fifty-two. It was Miami over Clemson, seventy-eight to uh, seventy-four. And it was UConn over Georgetown, a 68 to a 62 on a loaded college basketball Saturday. Uh, only thing that happened on Sunday was Houston over a Temple, 81 to a 63 was the uh, final there. And it looks like uh, Purdue has still stayed at the top of the polls. They're still at number one. Yeah, even though they lost. All right. I mean, uh, it didn't. It didn't help that Tennessee lost earlier this week. So 
they probably right. would have been an easy choice, but can really have Houston jump a couple of spots, I guess. Uh, but Purdue still number one. Houston slides in there at number two. Alabama's three. Arizona climbs in at four. Texas is back up at five. And Tennessee fell four spots to six. There. Who else is taking a tumble? Kansas State, they dropped five spots to 12. Gonzaga, they dropped uh, four spots to 16. Indiana rose three spots to 18. Miami up uh, four spots to 19. Um, and uh, San Diego State holding on. They dropped three spots, though. NC State jumps into the uh, – or they move up four spots to 22. There, Florida Atlantic, Clemson, and Auburn all falling out there. Uh, Florida Atlantic just missing out with the top 25, though, after they dropped out. 93 votes. Duke right behind them, 87. And, Eric, I didn't even know this on Saturday. It was Duke, North Carolina on Saturday. I was going to mention the same thing. Yeah, the least talked about game of the weekend. I was like, oh, crap. It's, uh, it's Duke, North Carolina on Saturday. What happens when you lose two legendary coach and have two non-25 teams? Well, then you have a game no one really cares about. Right, exactly. You have a game. Duke, North Carolina played on Saturday, and instead ESPN sent them to uh, Indiana to watch Purdue, Indiana, versus instead of uh, going to another Duke, North Carolina game. Yeah, because there's <laughs> nothing there in Duke, North Carolina. That well is dry. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh North Carolina fifteen and eight on the season. Duke seventeen and six on the year. Duke ended up winning the game sixty three fifty seven was the final there at Cameron Indoor. It was Cameron Indoor at, at that. It wasn't like it was at North Carolina. I always feel like it's a little yeah. bit more special environment there at Duke, but uh didn't even realize it until I saw the college game day was doing stuff and they were there and I'm, oh, Carolina Not tonight. Anymore. Not anymore, Travis. Not a big deal anymore. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. It's a shame college game day isn't really that huge of a deal either uh, in college basketball as it was. I, mean, I think it's because of the lack of consistency for it. Right. And it's like, when do you start with these big Saturday matchups? Right. Exactly. They don't start it right from the jump like football. So. Well, in football, you only have, what, 12 weeks of it? It makes it feel more important. If you were to do basketball, you'd have, you know, three months' worth. <laughs> right. Yeah, those guys don't want to don't wanna do that. You don't want to no. pay them for three months going to different places? Nope. <laughs> so. Uh, they also don't have a sponsor like Home Depot. No, but. I thought they do some like half court shot thing, like maybe that was like State Farm or something. Hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't. No I didn't watch it. I just saw that it was on. Uh, See what he complained about then. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Duke, uh, they're against Miami tonight, and uh, Texas is at Kansas. So five versus nine, matching up there in Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence tonight. So that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, pretty decent matchup uh, there. All right, uh, so uh, let's move on, and uh, let's move on to, uh, let's see, uh, the NHL. I didn't really watch a lot of the All-Star game. Uh, the uh, Atlantic ended up winning it all uh, in the uh, format that they do for three-on-three. -three. Matthew Gachuk was named the uh, MVP, no surprise there, the hometown 
uh, Panther won the MVP, uh, but the Central Division won over the Pacific 6-4. to And then in the second uh, game there, Atlantic beat the Metro Division 10-6. to And then in the final, it was the Atlantic Division over the Central Division 7-5. to There in the three-on-three throwback uniforms that they were throwing out on on uh, Saturday there in the All-Star game. So second half resumes tonight. Got the Lightning Panthers, Islanders Flyers, Flames Rangers, Canucks Devils, Ducks Stars, Wild and uh, Coyotes uh, there on the deadline. Fast approaching for the NHL as well. I already see ESPN promoting the playoff push as we're already into uh, starting off of the second half. So. Blues still have another whole week off. I don't think they play till the 13th. Right, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, I don't know. Some what teams the... start the night after. Some start two weeks later. The NHL. Man, some say that uh, the Blues haven't even started playing this season. Yeah, well, so. I mean, you could tell that, yeah. <laughs> and then speaking of all-star games, the NFL, the Pro Bowl, the NFC won. Eric, are you excited? No. They won 35 to 33. Right. In the flag football games. <laughs> I mean, the players seem to like it, which I guess is the overall important thing. Right. They definitely were in enjoying it uh, there, and uh, other people were enjoying it too. That stadium was packed. I was like, man, we'll do anything in America for football, even flag yeah. football. Hey, the XFL says hello. I mean, that's their whole business model. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Vegas was uh, jam-packed for a flag football game uh, there with uh, Snoop Dogg, Pete Davidson, uh, team captains and judges in the best catch competition. Seeing right there Jalen Ramsey taking out uh, Tyreek Hill in that one touchdown. No tackling, but don't tell that to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he just flag football like tackle. Yeah, he just shoulders him up there, and uh, Peyton was kind of upset there at the very end. Uh, I can't remember who was the quarterback uh, at the time. I think it was Kirk Cousins. I think who took a knee, and you can't technically do that, I guess, in flag football. But the officials told him that they could, I guess. But uh, I don't really didn't really understand I don't it. The rules of flag football. I'm sorry. Right, and, uh, you know, I know it wasn't your favorite broadcast to watch because the two commentators were uh, Kerr Herbstreit and Pat McAfee. Oh. (laughs) You threw Joe Buck in there, Travis, to be my worst broadcast team ever. Oh, wow. That would have been something. Oh, something terrible. (laughs) That would have been been a sight to behold for sure. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Pat does a, a great job, but I don't know if I want him to be my uh, main guy, my main play-by-play guy running a broadcast. No. no, you don't. He can be color, and he can be analyst, and he can, you know, do stuff like that. I don't want him being play-by-play. Right, and he also is good at those things that he does with college football, or at least I think with uh, doing having him on the sidelines in the back of the end zones and that type of deal, yeah. but... Yeah, but hey, like you said, the players seem to like it, and uh, fans seem to show up for it. So uh, I guess that's uh, one of the only things that that matters there. And so we'll see if it continues next year, at least for the flag football games and the 
games that led up to it now. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, now it's right back to a uh, real football, real cranking up with the uh, uh, Super Bowl coverage. Everyone being there and starting Radio Row this week as well. So NFL coverage ramping up, hot and heavy there in uh, Phoenix. A big week as well there for Phoenix as well. They got the golf tournament there as well. Yeah, uh, I think 1 o'clock on Sunday is when our coverage starts right on 99 The Game. Ooh, awesome. We'll have all five hours of pre-show coverage. There you go, my favorite. I know, right? My favorite, but definitely encourage you to uh, tune in there. Yes, please. All right, uh, so uh, on a Friday in the NBA, let's get to this before we get to uh, NASCAR. Um, let's see, I guess uh, it was on a Saturday that uh, LeBron was in action against the uh, Pelicans, and he's now 36 points behind uh, Kareem, so uh, inching ever so uh, closely as he, he had uh, 27 in the game against the Pelicans, but it wasn't enough to get the win. New Orleans won 131 to 126. Yeah, that was a New Orleans team that was struggling. Yeah, it was a 10-game losing streak that they snapped. Yep. Mm. Anthony Davis also had 34 in the game, but 36 points away from Kareem now. Yeah, he'll probably get tomorrow night taken on the Thunder. Yep, and TNT's got the coverage of that. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping to delay because we have an Illinois game tomorrow night, so we won't have that game. But Thursday night, we'll have Lakers and Bucks, and then Saturday, we'll have Lakers and Golden State. So, Ooh, there you go. Yep. The matchup with Golden State's a little less attractive after the uh, Steph Curry news. Well, but... not only that, you have to assume that once he breaks the record, he is not going to play the next game. Sure. Yeah. All right, but 36 points away now. Uh, other games uh, from uh, Saturday, the Nets, they beat the Wizards, the uh, Suns over the Pistons, 116-100. to 100. Clippers won over the Knicks in OT, 134-128. to 128. Kawhi goes for 35 despite 41 from Jalen Brunson. Like I mentioned in the sports underhead, uh, Levine leads the way for the Bulls, come back against uh, Portland, 129-121. to 121. Bucks over the Heat, 123-115. Giannis, another triple-double, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. Warriors over the uh, Mavs, despite uh, Curry getting hurt, 119-113. Uh, to 113. And uh, the Nuggets over the Hawks, 128-108. to 108. Uh, There, Jamal Murray goes off 441 in the win for Denver on Saturday. And uh, Sunday, Cavs over the Pacers, 122-103. to uh, Knicks over the 76ers, 108-97. to And uh, New Orleans won again over the Kings, 136-104. And the Raptors over the Grizzlies, 106-103. There's also a situation with uh, John Moran as well that happened uh, over the weekend as well. I don't know if it was in the Grizzlies Raptors game, or if it was the game before that, uh, there I didn't read too much uh, into it. Uh, there's, I don't really know what was going on with that, but I knew that something was going on with Ja. You yeah, know? I don't know all the stories either. I know there's investigation going on. Right, exactly. Yeah, so we'll have to take and a look at that. Got to do more research. Right, yeah, for sure. Definitely don't want to 
speak out on on that topic uh for sure all right so uh i think we've uh cleared the deck cleared the deck for some nascar sure we can talk nascar nascar the clash at the coliseum you said it was back nascar's back nascar's back we had some tempers flaring we had some guys getting spun out we had 16 cautions in this race travis Ooh, it's a lot of caution yeah it is and the drivers were saying it's because everyone's so equal that the only way you could get past each other was to hit them. Mm. Which, if you like that, then you're a fan of that. If not, eh, probably not a fan of it. Um, but to me, I, I talked about it going into this race. There were about 5,000 less fans there this year than last year. Mm. So is the novelty of it wearing off? Right, and, and we and we also mentioned that the Super Bowl was, was there, right, as well. Right. So maybe so, that had a little bit to do with it. Now NASCAR is coming out. They came out this weekend before the race and said that they want to make this not an exhibition race. They want it to be a points-paying race. Ooh. Now there's lots of problems with this. One, you still have to do something with the Clash if you're not going to have it here. You want to do it as a points-paying event after Daytona. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that this race that they had on Sunday night, Travis, had 27 cars in it. That's it. Right. For a full NASCAR field, you're looking at 40. There's no way they're fitting 40 cars on that track. No. The other issue is you can't do live pit stops. Right. Because it's too small. So you'd have to have halftime breaks basically or quarter breaks or however you want to do it i just think it's too much of a of a headache right yeah and it's also you know they have to do this they have to split it up into two heat races uh there to get down to as many cars on this uh, little track that they squeeze into the coliseum there so uh, i don't know how that would all work out with the, the points and whatnot and it's one thing to do it when nothing's really on the line besides money and bragging rights, like in the clash. It's another thing to do it when it could determine your championship. Right. It could determine what driver makes the playoffs. Like, there's a lot of issues there. Right. And the reason why this is being brought up is because uh, Fontana, which is home to the Auto Club Speedway, will not have a race next year. They announced this weekend that it will not. They're doing a reconstruction uh, on, on the – the, the track is going from a uh, one-and-a-half-mile oval to a half-mile short track. And so they have all kinds of construction they're doing on it, um, and it won't be done by 2024. So now everyone's like, well, we have this SoCal market we got to try and hit. How do we do that besides just the clash? And so everyone kind of came up with this, and I, I hope that we don't see it. I don't know if it could fit in to – the Coliseum schedule for it to do this twice. Um, Cause you know, basically when, you know, when football practice starts, you need to have that field ready. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at what April, May, you know, spring games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you couldn't push it back much further. I just I, I think that they need to find somewhere else in that Southern California area to have a race. I don't know where that is. 
Um, but it's definitely going to be something interesting looking into next season for the NASCAR schedule. Right. Yep. All right. We did pick them. We did. Boy, our pick them stunk, Travis. <laughs> yeah, I know it Truex didn't. Jr. got the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, very um, emotional after the race because he, he went all last season without winning. Um, and so to get a win right out of the gate, even though it wasn't points paying, it's still it's a win. Mm-hmm. So that definitely has to be great for his confidence. And um, Martin announced over the off season that him and his uh, girlfriend of nine years broke up. So this was his first race, as they said, as a single man, and he won. So uh, he's one for one being single on, on races. So if that's the case, he may be very dangerous this year. Oh, wow. So, but our picks, uh, I went with Joey Logano. Travis went with Chase Elliott. Logano finished 16th. Chase Elliott finished 21st. Neither one really were a contender. Both of them were awful. So, I, I'll take the win, I guess. But it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good race for those two. It was an entertaining race. Uh, guys driving up through the field was nice to see. Um, Kyle Busch showed some restraint, which was kind of odd. So it, it was a good, it was it was entertaining and it was a nice way to you know whet your appetite for Daytona in two weeks. Right, sure, yeah. So it was a little appetizer, a little teaser for yeah. the uh, start of the uh, NASCAR uh, season there. And the one thing that I didn't think about when I was uh, watching this race is that they had the the heat races going up to the uh, the clash, and then they actually yeah. had the the race, and it was kind of Sunday night ish so you know like uh i it's kind of cool under the the lights there but kind of started later for your liking right yeah yeah it did and you know i i know i don't have a problem if they did a night thing on a saturday night Mm -hmm. or on a sunday with a holiday on a monday yeah like but you're you're hurting your audience now the difference here is that it's the West Coast, so the people who were attending the, the race could still probably go to work the next day oh, because yeah. it wasn't super late out there. Right. You could never start, let's say, you know, a, a race at, you know, Martinsville, for example, on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you couldn't do that. And there wouldn't be any fans there because they'd have to get up and go to work the next day. Yeah. So. We almost got a, a, a chance, Travis, also in that race to try out the new rain gear. Is it, it, it rained Saturday. I think it rained Friday night. It rained Saturday. Um, luckily, it cleared out. But they had the rain stuff on standby. Uh, this was one of those tracks that it would have been approved to use on. So hmm. interesting. Didn't need it though. So yeah, yep. was it on? Uh, was it on Saturday or Sunday last year? It was Sunday, but it started I think at like one. Like they did all the heat races Saturday. And they just did the the main race Sunday. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, and then also another thing that I was thinking about, just in the the ratings wise, they were competing up against the Grammys. I know they were. So in L.A., we talked about. I didn't even think of that, Travis. Yeah. As far as entertainment things and how to get an L.A. audience to come to your and how you're competing with everything, the Grammys were last night. You tell me that there wasn't a big audience that was going there. Or, you know, sitting outside there to see singers and stuff like that. Right. Yep. Uh, Exactly. But, uh, hey, 
the the clash. It uh, it happened. It did. In the review here now. And uh, Martin Trex Jr. winner of the Bushlight Clash. Yep. Yep. So, so. all right. Now we wait two weeks till Daytona. We'll do our pick 'em for Daytona, but we still have NASCAR to do. Uh, ready for five more moments, Travis? Yeah, on our countdown to Daytona. Let's get five right. more moments. All right, we're in our top 50 now. Is at number 49 checking in uh, the Bristol Dirt Race. The first time in however many years it's been since NASCAR Cup cars raced on dirt and happening at Bristol. I just thought that the significance of that needed to have a spot somewhere on this list. So it checks in at number 49. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 48, we're going with 1996 Dale Earnhardt's Talladega crash. This is one of the scariest, most violent crashes I remember seeing. Uh, he flipped over, and then he got hit in the roof as he was flipping, broke his collarbone, um, stuff like that. But, of course, with him being Dale Earnhardt, he still raced in the next race. Um, and then the race after that on a road course, he got the pole with a broken collarbone. But uh, still, it was one of the uh, one of the, the more significant accidents I remember seeing. Mm. Number forty-seven. We're going to the Daytona Five Hundred from nineteen ninety-three, and it was the Dale and Dale show. It was Dale Jarrett and Dale Earnhardt battling for the Daytona Five Hundred win with Ned Jarrett, uh, Dale's dad, in the booth calling him home. Um, it was just really cool to see. You know, they called it the Dale and Dale show, and it was just the two of them kind of mano a mano battling for the win. Uh, in the Daytona 500. It was really cool to have his dad, Ned, there on the booth to, to make the call. Mm, yeah, that was very cool. Uh, number 46, we're going all the way back to when Bill Elliott came from two laps down at Talladega. Now, again, this is pre-restrictor plate, free big pack race. And this is just when you went out at Talladega and put your foot on the gas and you went as fast as you could. He came from two laps down at Talladega during green flag laps, which means he had to go around and pass everyone three times in order to take the lead. Wow. And he did it and ended up winning Talladega, and he ended up winning the, the Winston million-dollar bonus because he won that race at Talladega. It was the one he needed to kind of keep it keep the the bonus alive, and he got it by coming back from two laps down, uh, just showing how fat he was that season. All right, just passed everybody. That's crazy that everybody. he passed them three yep. times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was all under green. There were no stage breaks. There were no lucky dogs. There were no nothing like that. And he just flat out outran them all. Wow. That's that's very, uh, very awesome. Yeah. And the final one for today is we're going to we're going to go back to, um, I think, 91. Don't quote me on that. Um, and talk about Mr. September, Travis. Harry Gant, handsome Harry Gant, won four races in a row on four different tracks in the month of September. Became the oldest driver to win four races in a row and the only driver in the modern era to win four races in a row. Hmm. So, there wow. you go. Did it at the age, I think, of 52? Wow, so, at the young, spry age of 52. That's right. Hey, you know what? That's what drivers were doing back then. You know, you, you weren't hitting your prime driving back in the early 90s and the 80s until, you know, you're mid 30s or 40s now we have drivers that are retiring at that age mm, yeah really harry gant becoming mr september winning four races in a row 
would have won the title if they had had a playoff that season, by the way, just pointing that out, but uh, was not to be. So there you go. That is uh, that is your five for today. Tomorrow we will uh, be talking about more Daytona 500, some playoffs, and uh, as something Travis loves and I love as well, to use the uh, entertainment phrase, we'll be talking about a double turn tomorrow, Travis. A double turn. Double turn in NASCAR. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. <laughs> wow. That's definitely uh, intrigues intrigues yeah. me to stick around. Oh, yeah. It should. Trust me. <laughs> a yeah. good old-fashioned double turn. Good old double turn. <laughs> all right. So uh, that will uh, come up uh, tomorrow. So... Uh, we'll take another journey uh, through uh, that, and we'll recap all the uh, games uh, from the uh, local level that uh, happen uh, tonight. So uh, we're going to get out of here on uh, this uh, Monday. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading. We'll be back for you tomorrow on your Tuesday. So have a great rest of your day, evening, night, whatever it is. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.